heard a song, but I don't remember when. Hey, everybody. So, here we are again for the Little Bit Out West podcast, and we're going to get just a little bit out west this week. Back in the day, I worked as a cowboy, and one of the things that you have to do as a cowboy is that in the wintertime where we lived, it was too cold for grass to be growing. And so you would have to go out there each day and roll out these big round bales of hay. And one day I was out there feeding the cattle and watching them eat and doing all of that. I got to thinking about how this looks from God's perspective with us. He calls us sheep. Jesus called us sheep in John ten fourteen, And David, everybody knows, in the 23rd Psalm, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. And so you see this theme come up quite often that God sort of looks at us as kind of like livestock. And thinking about this, I, I realized, you know, if God sees us like sheep, he recognizes our inability to take care of ourselves. If we are sheep, it's not our responsibility to provide for ourselves. A good farmer doesn't just throw his sheep out there and say, hey, do the best you can. You know, wild sheep are really vulnerable because they don't have anybody to take care of them. They live pretty short lives and basically, I mean, relatively uncomfortable lives. You know, a bighorn sheep, they got those great big horns, and so they can sort of defend themselves to some extent, but a domesticated sheep, they can't take care of themselves. They're really not very smart. They're pretty helpless, and they need someone to make sure they have the right feed and to keep predators away. One of the sheep farmers that I knew used to say that a, a lamb is nothing but something looking for a place to die. They're very, very helpless. And really, I mean, foxes, coyotes, wolves, eagles, pretty much everything is dangerous to a sheep. So, you know, I was out there that day feeding my cattle because they couldn't eat snow. And so I was out there rolling out those bales for them. And in that exact same way, God does that for us. If he's our shepherd, he leads us to where there's feed and where there's water, and he keeps us from the extremes of the weather as much as he can. He protects us from predators, and he helps us to heal from our injuries. If we can see God as our shepherd, I really think that that is going to hugely impact the attitude that we have towards God and the ideas that we have that we have gotten from church about who God is. If you can get this idea in your mind about what a shepherd taking care of sheep, a, a rancher taking care of cattle, no farmer, no rancher expects those animals to take care of themselves. Jesus makes this statement in the book of Luke that is pretty amazing. He says, which of you, by taking thought, can add to your stature one cubit. And if you are not able to do this thing which is least, why take you thought for the rest? That's in Luke 12, verse 25 and 26. Did Jesus just say that making yourself taller is easier than finding food and clothes? I mean, it does seem to be that that's what he's saying. 
In my experience with God, well, I'll just say it this way. I've never been able to just lay around and wait for God to come and bring me food. However, God always gives me work that provides for me, and he makes sure that I have something to do. And there have been times where there wasn't enough work, but other things would come along at just the right time and help to meet that need. I had a dream once, and in this dream, I was a baby lamb, baby sheep, and I was running around, and I was all worried about everything. I was running around helter-skelter like they do sometimes, and I was fairly frantic. And this shepherd kept trying to get me to come over to him. And, of course, the shepherd was Jesus, and he was saying, come over here, come come sit down, calm down, lay down. And so I finally did, but I was laying there next to the shepherd, but I'm watching everything and looking and, and kind of frantic still. Eventually, I calmed down in this dream, and I started to really kind of enjoy that whole thing about resting. I was laying there at the feet of the shepherd. I was safe. I was secure. I knew nothing could get me. And then I woke up. And so then later, I had the same dream again. But this time, after I had been sitting there at the shepherd's feet, suddenly the shepherd got up and he started walking away. And I was kind of confused. And I said, hey, wait a second. I just got this resting thing figured out. Now what am I supposed to do? And the shepherd said to me, follow. That dream helped me to understand that walking or following is also resting. The verse that we come back to all the time, Hebrews 4.11, we are working to rest. You have to make the effort to tell the rest of the world and all the other stuff. You have to let all of that other stuff go. And that takes it takes an effort. It takes work sometimes. But if we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, that's how we can follow and rest at the same time. We continue to cultivate our relationship with him. We talk to him. We read the Bible. We, we spend time in communication with our friend. Then he leads us, even though we might be going through uncomfortable circumstances. You know, uh, Psalms 23 says we go through the valley of the shadow of death, but we go through the valley of the shadow of death, and we're following him through those circumstances, and we can still be at rest. All these things going on around us, we can just, like in Psalms 91, it says you can just see these things, but they're not affecting you. We just need to rest in our knowledge that our shepherd has our best interest in mind, and he's taking us into those green pastures and still waters, even though it may not look like it right now where we are. Why is it such a big deal when people call America a democracy? You hear this question all the time, or you hear you hear this statement all the time, where someone will say, this is a problem for our democracy. And then you'll hear the conservatives say, but this isn't a democracy. Why are they saying that? Why is it a big deal? So here it is. A democracy is the form of government where basically the mob rules. You have 51% of the people deciding whatever they want, and the remaining 49% of the people just have to live with whatever they decided. For instance, if 51% of the people decided you don't need a constitution, then the constitution is gone. 
if we come a little closer to home, if 51% of the people believe that property rights don't matter, then your home suddenly becomes public property. In a democracy, there is no restraint against the will of the mob. And that all sounds well and good to some people because the mob agrees with them, for now. But what if things change? It is this very form of government that we have which made the civil rights protest possible. In a strict democracy, those protests of the civil rights era would simply be disbanded and everybody would be shot. John Adams has been known as having said, Remember, democracy never lasts long. It soon wastes, exhausts, and murders itself. There never was a democracy yet that did not commit suicide. A constitutional republic, which is what Benjamin Franklin stated that we have in America, is a form of government based on law, with the government being democratically elected and then it represents the will of the people. In a republic, it is a slow and ponderous process to change laws because it recognizes that those laws are established in the first place on strong evidence. It's against the law to kill someone, no matter what the democratic mob says. If that law needs to be changed for some reason, it is a long and difficult process to change it. A republic, our republic, pits the three branches of government against each other so that neither of those branches will gain too much power. The president is not a king, the Congress is not a mob, the Supreme Court is not an oligarchy because of the safeguards to that process. It balances the entire system and gives us, the people, the opportunity to head off those tyrants and mobs before they can damage the entire system. If America was a democracy, would you be willing to live under the rule of all the people that you saw at Walmart? Can you see that a majority of self-interested and ignorant people setting policy is a bad idea? Yet we're constantly being told that this is the kind of government that we have. The purpose for calling America a democracy instead of a republic is for the purpose, either knowingly or not, of tearing down the old system in order to replace it with a mob rule. That's what they want. The people who know why they are desiring this believe that when all the dust settles, they'll be on top. They'll be able to crawl over the bodies of others to be in a position to have what they want. France, during the time of the revolution, was a democracy. And neighbors were sending each other to the guillotine just because they could. This is the reason Thomas Jefferson was so measured in his support for the French Revolution. Even though their revolution resembled America, it was fundamentally different in that it did give power to the mob. Listen, no weak person ever wants an anarchy. Because in anarchy, you're on your own. It's you against everybody else. And no strong person who has a will desires for things to be ruled by the mob. Because then you have no freedom. You have no way to make any choices and you don't want to be told what to do. But a scheming, devious person desires chaos in order to manipulate those who have the things they desire. That's why they want a democracy. 
They want to be able to manipulate the system into what they want it to be so they can have what you have. A constitutional republic is designed to slow these processes down in order to keep those people from being able to take the power away from you. Anytime you hear a politician talking about this is a democracy, remind yourself that that person is either ignorant or he wants you to believe that the mob is right and you're wrong. On the same subject, while I'm on this subject, social justice has infiltrated into our society. Social justice is posing as Christianity, and it is another democratic position because it wants to take this mob value and force it on the rest of society. Whenever you hear people talking about we want to change the world and we want to cause a revolution, nine times out of ten, they don't mean it in the way honest people mean it. What they mean is we're going to make everybody else believe the way we believe. America is completely opposed to that point of view, totally, categorically, and from the very beginning, it was about freedom of religion in the Plymouth colonies, as we talked about a few weeks ago. It's not about democracy. It's not about kings and queens. And it's not about mob rule. It is about each person being able to control their own destiny while respecting the rights of others. So there's my answer as to why it's a big deal when people call America a democracy. I don't know what this song 
can only hope that I'm not alone. I only hope that he knows. And I don't know yet where I'm gonna go, but now I Thanks for being with me here today. Come back next week. We'll get a little bit out west. If you have any comments or questions, I'd love to hear them. You can send them to me either email or on the Anchor page. There is a link there for you to be able to leave an audio message. And don't forget that all of my music and the books and all of that material is at jallensmith.com. J-A-Y-A-L-A-N-S-M-I-T-H dot com. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.